You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! I tried it once before, but I didn't get too far. Felt a lot of pain, but it didn't stop my heart And all I really wanted was someone to give a little fuck But I waited there forever and nobody even looked up What's up, everyone? It's me, Joe, and thanks for coming to episode three of That's Awesome. Um, been a great week this last week. I've been uh, getting really comfortable in my new place. Dan's pretty much all moved in. We got two up-and-running studios. I've been super productive with writing. Everything's been uh, very, very comfortable here um, and exciting. And Dan is just like, the food he is making is just fucking insane still. Um, and we had enchiladas the other night. It was nuts. Um, so yeah, I'm still pretty happy about that. Um, beyond that, I didn't know that, um, there's a separate bill in California for like, what is it? What was it? It was like sewage and trash or something. And I had no idea about that. So that was a fun little surprise to see that in addition to my rent, um, but I had never heard of that before. Maybe I've been living under a rock. I don't know. So that was, uh, the most exciting thing that happened to me today. Aside from, uh, I went to the post office to drop off. Well, I didn't drop her off. I waited in the car while Jess went inside and had to ship something. And, uh, both of us noticed how many more people were just kind of out doing stuff and how many more people weren't wearing masks. It just seems so like dumb. I don't know how else to, I, I know everyone's talking about it, so I don't really want to. It was just something that I noticed today that, I don't know, I'm talking about now. So here we are. Uh, so episode three, today's guest um, is Josh Katz, uh, frontman for Bad Flower. Uh, Josh and I met on Shiprocked, which is a rock and roll cruise uh, that we were both on in February, uh, which seems like, for some reason, it seems so much further away than it really was. Like, that seems like half a year ago or something. But it was in February, so not super long ago. So he's not someone that I've known that long, unlike my other two guests. So we kind of went at it in a organic kind of conversation. I honestly wasn't even super, super familiar with Bad Flower before that cruise. So I got to learn a lot about Josh, a lot about his musical journey, which is uh, definitely... I'm not... I'll say unusual um, in a in a in a very cool way. So I think he has a great story. I think you guys will enjoy it. 
Um, and if you guys are enjoying the podcast and my guests, please um, donate to our PayPal. You can hear whole spiels about it in the other two episodes. But if you'd like to donate to myself at the podcast and my guests, uh, you can do so if you go to paypal.me slash that's awesome pod. Um, yeah, anyway, that's enough of that. Let's send it over to the interview. You Hey, dude. What's up, dude? How are you, bro? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. It's good, good to see you. Good to see you, too. You look great. Thank you. I feel great. You feel great? I do. I feel excellent. You're, like, functional? Like, are, you, are you one of these people that's, like, thriving right now? I'm loving this. Are you actually? I'm loving every minute of it. Tell me about it. No, I'm not <laughs> loving it. Actually, that's not true. I... We, we started making a record before all this stuff happened, and so I was already isolating and just, like, being in studios and not talking to people. So this, like, really nothing's changed for me. I don't – I really hate – I get why we have to do it, but I hate wearing a mask to go out to go me do too. things so much. Yeah. I just feel I so weird. I just don't like the state of the world. Yeah. I'm so disappointed. It's weird going – dude, I, I went out – the other day oh no my buddy johnny called me and he went outside the other day and he had he literally hasn't gone outside in a month like he just has not left his apartment and he went outside and he said everyone was wearing masks and he hasn't been watching the news or anything and it was like the biggest culture shock thing he's ever experienced because he just had no idea that that was something that you were supposed to do what is he doing dude i don't no, has because he he's like, has he just, no, 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 no. His, his life, he works in like finance and like tax stuff. So he works in like, no, yeah, but he doesn't really like, he doesn't have internet. He doesn't have a TV. Like he has nothing. So I don't know what he does at all, except he calls me like 10 times a day. That's about it. Weird. Yeah. He's, he's a really weird dude, but he's awesome. Anyway. Yeah. I'm actually kind of feeling the same way. Like I, I spend most of my time outside, like, normally, as much as I can. But, like, this is we. I just moved to L.A., right? So I'm, right. I'm in a new place. So I wouldn't really know where to go that much anyway, and no one wants to show me anyway right now. So it's like I'm kind of, I've gotten into this, like, weird routine where literally every day for the last, like, month, I've woken up at 4 in the morning and just went to bed at, like, 8.30. So I'm, like, up with the sunrise – down with the sunset and like super productive during the day i don't know why well that's great yeah excellent so i'm like kind of loving it but i'm also going insane because i'm not outside at all yeah well it's a horrible time to to move to la that sucks Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. la can be a very outside kind of place right and uh socially fun and yeah all my friends are here and i can't see them yeah that sucks yeah Uh, yeah, I don't mind it. I was stuck in Nashville for the first my first half of the quarantine, and I only oh, just really? got back to LA like a week and a half ago. Um, oh, I didn't know. That. I, I went to Nashville. I, I I actually did all the worst things. 
I did okay. like so right as it started happening, I had like three different flights booked. I was gonna go to three different cities, literally going to like party. Like I had to go to emo night in Denver and then go to this <laughs> and then go to this uh go see Dragon Force play because I've <laughs> one of my friends, awesome. friends plays in the band and like just going to all the places with all the crowds of people getting drunk, but like flight after flight after flight and then ending in Nashville. And I did all of this and I'm watching the news throughout all of it, like still drunk in airport terminals, like just like sweat. I don't know. I did all the, I, if, if somebody wanted to get coronavirus, like they would have followed my recipe. Like yeah. I did all the things that, that you're not supposed to do. Yeah. And, um, and I didn't get it. And then well, it got really bad. And then I was in Nashville and then it was like, Hey, th- then it was like masks were required. Social distancing right. was like put in place. And then I was like, I'm not, when did, when was the last flight you took? Well, I took one like a, a week and a half ago. From I mean, aside from, aside from that one. Um, God, I don't know. I could look it up to tell you exactly when it was. But well, just estimate. I'll, also, actually, actually, I'll, I'll show you right now. I can go on Instagram <laughs> pretty quick and figure that out. Because um, I had to – we flew home from Europe because our tour got cut short in Europe. Uh, like the, the day that um, Trump announced the like European travel ban thing. Right. And I, then I drove I, across the country, which probably wasn't super smart either, but – yeah, well, dri- I feel like driving's better than fl- I don't know. I don't know what I think is. it is. We didn't even leave. We barely left the car. We slept in. We slept in the car. <laughs> right. It was, it was so March March ninth or tenth, I think, is when it was. Was my last okay date. somewhere in that realm? And yeah. now it's. I don't even know what month are we in right now. I think mine was too. Right around that time. Yeah, and it was still fine. And then yeah, I stayed in Nashville, and then I flew from Nashville to L.A., and I was like the only one on the plane. Yeah, it was nuts. Unbel- I've never seen the airport like that. I've never seen an airplane like that. It was crazy. I've been seeing that. When I booked my flight home from uh, Europe, the it was right before they announced the travel ban, and I was buying it for the next day. So I, when I picked my seat, it was like I had the whole row, everything yeah. to myself, right? But then the next morning when I got there, it was after he had announced the travel ban, and they overbooked the flight, and they were like in panic mode because they didn't know how to handle that amount of people. It was horrible. That's terrible. Yeah, you got to fly now. <laughs> yeah, it was weird though. Like people were panicking. Like, dude, I was in Italy, in Germany, in France, like all the places. Yeah, I was so where crazy. it was bad when it was bad. Wow. You know, crazy. And like, yeah. So when I got home, I didn't leave. You know, I self quarantined when I got home in Boston. Yeah, like packing and shit. And then we drove across the country, and I did the same thing. Like, didn't leave at all because you know. I had been traveling and just wanted to be safe. So it's like, it seems like endless <laughs> right now. Yeah, I keep, I, I, and also in LA, it's so hot. And I keep, like, I every time I, I wake up in the morning and I go outside, I'm like, wow, this has to kill coronavirus. Like, yeah. there's no way. And then I, I Google it. And I'm like, are we done in California? Like, there's no way it can survive this heat. Right. And it's like, nope, not done yet. God damn. I know. No, whatever. It is what it is. This but it is feels the world like we if, live it's, in. if it's like any other sort of flu. This is going to kill it. And then I had this crazy epiphany, and I, I wrote it on Twitter. I was like, can you imagine the irony if climate change ends up being the thing that kills coronavirus and saves you? Yeah, I know. I know. Like how – I didn't even think about that. That's so funny. We're like, well, yeah. had we done something about cl- climate change earlier and we had a more stable climate, coronavirus would have taken over and killed us all. But because we were lazy and we allowed the earth to heat up this much, it yeah. actually saved us. Yeah, be a big foot and mouth moment crazy. for a lot of people. <laughs> for everyone yeah i yeah. know damn so. well dude um so 
Thank you for sitting down and talking, of number course. one. I appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. Um, I wanted to – I, I purposely didn't do much, much research um, because everyone that I've had on up until now is someone that I've known for, like, years, right. like a very long time. So we had, like, a rapport and, like, inside jokes and all that stuff, right? right. We've only hung out for, like, one night. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I don't you know, know about you, but I was really, really drunk. Yeah, I was too, and I – and. I'm, I'm I pieced together moments of it. <laughs> I had it in my camera roll and I was like, oh, I hung out with those guys. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And I remember it was like a really good time. Yeah. Dude, every night on that ship was a good time. Surprising. I don't agree with that. But, really? But no, I not at all. Blast. No, I was going insane. Oh. I was going insane. Like I, like I said before, like I like to, I need to be outside and like, I, like I hate being stuck somewhere. Right. And especially not in my own space there. I was just in like a, basement cabin you know right oh did you not have a window no no we were on like the we were like underwater yeah because that was your first time doing it right yeah yeah when we the first time that we did it uh it was just like that it was horrible and we all like a bunch of us piled into small rooms and yeah um i kind of like we all agreed we weren't gonna do it again we're like if they ask us to do it again we're we're probably not gonna do it like cruises just aren't our thing we felt kind of trapped and the band yeah. starting to get a little bit bigger and we're getting noticed by people. So it's like, I can't just stand in the burrito line without like taking pictures. And I just don't like any of this. Right. Uh, but then they asked us to do it again and they offered us enough money that we were like, well, if we say no, we're assholes. Like we have to <laughs> at this point. Um, yeah. And then we did. And we all just sort of embraced it this round. Well, I like, think we, we did the same thing. Like I yeah. went into it like with a positive attitude and everything, but it was like, I had, a, I would overall, I would say like, I look back and they were like really good memories but like yeah. there was, I was bored most of the, most of the time. Really? Like very bored. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, that, I did big... laps around the boat, like, and then I spent like five hours in the hot tub every day. The hot tub was dope. When you got the chance yeah. to get the hot tub to yourself or just your group, mm-hmm. well, it was like, that was the best day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. We got that a couple of times as well. I think I saw you guys in the hot tub at one point too. And I wasn't sure if it was you and I just walked past. Yeah, you probably did. Like we we occupied that back hot tub. That was your like the whole day. There was always someone in our camp. Like in there was there. somebody telling me that that hot tub area was meant to be just for artists, but that wasn't true. So it was, but only certain times. Oh, I see. I- but then everyone like I think. The one thing I will say, by the way, we haven't even said we're talking about Shiprocked, which was a, a cruise that we were on. Yeah, that where we both played. But that's where we um, met. Yeah, that's where we met. Um, they like, I thought this was actually cool. Like I expected the fans to be a little more like grabby, Yeah. but it, they were cool. And like, I met a few of them in the, that hot tub area and they would like stop and say hi. And then they'd be like, well, I don't want to bother you guys. So like, yeah, you know, and then they'd take off, but sometimes they just, I'd be like, just chill. I don't care. And they, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, there's an unspoken thing there. I feel like they pay enough money to get on that ship. That they're yeah. like, I'm going to conduct myself, you know, right. they all do. They all know, like, don't, don't be an asshole. Like, don't be. Yeah, there was no one I encountered on that boat that ever felt like too much of a super fan or anything, you know? Good. Yeah. So yeah, it was I good. I didn't either. I didn't either. Yeah. But I don't know if I would be thrilled to do it again. I was just restless. Yeah. I think, yeah. but I think, I bet you'd have the same time that I did. I think that if you did do it again... And they gave you a better room and like, yeah, because that's the thing right. you're like, dude, if I'm going to do it again, I need a certain level of like comfort. 
I think the other thing was like we were leaving for Europe like a few days after that, and it, it just seemed like a lot of shit to do in a short amount of time. Yeah, why are we packing all this in? I know, I know that feeling well. Yeah, and I had just gotten home from Europe on tour with the other band I play in, Nova Charisma, as well. So it was like, oh, just, I didn't know you were in another band. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I play. Um, I'm part of their like live band. Oh, gotcha. I play keys in that. Yeah. Cool. Um. Yeah, dude. So anyway, didn't do a lot of research. Um, because I, I wanted this to be like real, uh, questions (laughs) as they arise and stuff, but I was hoping like you could kind of walk me through a little bit of like your musical history a little, you know? Yeah. I, so I never thought that I was going to do the rock and roll thing. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting to me. I still think about it often that this ended up being the thing that like pays my bills that's working because Mm -hmm. when I was younger, I was a piano player. I was like, I used to do piano recitals and shit. Like, yeah. And, uh, and I loved movie scores. So my dream was always, I'm going to score movies. That's what I always wanted to do. And <laughs> I think, I, dude, I'm remembering we had this conversation now because it's all coming back to me really? of me going, dude, that was, I played piano and I wanted to do oh, movie scores. Right. We did do that. <laughs> yeah. So all right. See, it's coming back. Okay. Yeah. So I did right. that. And then I was like, I got into drugs as a teenager and you know, the rock and roll thing started to make sense. And I did oh. that. And then I did, you know, dude, that's I, so I, interesting. That usually happens the other way. What do you mean? I feel like usually it's like the rock and roll thing. And then the drugs happen after you want to be no, like in the rock and roll. At the same time, like meeting the wrong people. And that's what they were into. And they all dressed like punk rockers who like chopped at hot topic. And you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I just sort of, and I, I really liked a girl in like seventh grade who was like in that sort of punk rock click. And oh, like the cool, everything. cool, like goth girl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly right. Um, yeah, and then I just kind of fell in love with that, and I put everything else on hold, and I made all kinds of different music. I mean, I always made music, just like mm-hmm. whatever. I just, I just, I was, I feel like I was one of the first kids who had like Cakewalk on his computer in his bedroom. Like, do you remember that yeah. program? Yeah. Before Logic, before Pro Tools, like there was none of that. It was like they had all of these little like weird softwares that were just okay. Cakewalk. And I did that. Damn. And I made music in my bedroom and I made like rap songs with my friends. Um, and then I used to have one of those like digital recorders, recorders with like you put like the, the tape in. Recorders. Yeah, and oh. you would put a, a tape in it. Or a, I think I actually had one that had a CD. Yeah, that yeah. Went in that it. was like yeah. the cool one. I always wanted that. Yeah, it was blue. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I it was sick. Um, and you're just like, oh, well, there's my album. And you just yep. pull it out. Like, yep, I'm done. Just finish it. I got the master right here. Yeah. So then, Nothing yeah, sounded so, good on that. No. No. No, of Mm-mm. course not. Uh, so then I got I got out of high school and I thought and I went to I went to a trade school for recording music which lasted about a week and a half if hmm. that. And I just like okay. didn't like school. I realized like even even though the content is what I like it's about recording music, right. I would much rather just go home and record music than sit in your class and listen to somebody talk about it. Yeah, I've always kind of felt that about, like, people always say, like, well, why didn't you, like, go to school for music and graduate with that or anything? And I was just like, I don't know. I just kind of, I'm going to learn that shit on my own. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to do it. Yeah. It just didn't seem, like, worth the time. And it wasn't. And you made the right decision. I made the wrong decision by trying to go do that. And I did it. Well, I I went to college for two years and never had a major at all. So I think you were a step above you're right. I win. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
yeah, so I did that and then I dropped out and I spent my remainder tuition money on like gear that I didn't know was good or not, but it looked good. I was like, I'm going to build a studio. I'm going to do this whole thing. I'm going to get a big console that I still have. And it's like, awful. really I'm gonna get rid of it. Yeah. Like a, it's oh, wow. stupid, but it like looked good. Right. And I was like a kid. I was like 19 and I was like, I'm going to get this and start recording bands and making money and like producing. That's what I thought I was. Cause that sounded realistic to me. I was like, that's a realistic goal. Sure. Um, and I had a band. I had like a band with my friends. And then I had it's, this is such a long story, like my whole history. But then I like, no, I'm I was, into this. This is good. It's actually funny because we we went through a lot of the same stages here. Really? <clears throat> oh yeah. Like I had a studio in my parents' basement, and like we same did, thing. I did sure. record bands down there, and it just yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's the same worst. thing. <laughs> it sucked so much. Yep. So then I got uh, I got really anxious. I discovered after many, many trips to the doctor thinking I had acid reflux disease and all these problems with my body that I didn't have any problems with my body and I just had panic disorder. So that came okay. that came like when I turned, I don't know, 1920. And uh, and I suffered for a while, especially knowing that I had that and I couldn't have a job. So I couldn't work a regular job. I didn't have any yeah. friends. I was just stayed at my parents' house and like I was just a total recluse. And then is that when you like really dove into like recording and stuff? No, I couldn't even. I just felt uninspired to do. Got it. Anything. I was just like a way of life for a while. I was just there's nothing happening, and then I kind of got inspired at one point, feeling like maybe I could break out of this and fix it. And I booked my band to show. Okay. My band that didn't really exist. We didn't really have a drummer. It was just a couple of my friends who I hadn't seen in a while because I was like in my house. But I was like, I have to do something. Mm-hmm. Something and I just called on my friend. I was like, "Hey, I just booked us a show at the whiskey." Oh, really? We that's have to pay you're... this money. Yeah, oh, we have to pay awesome. this amount of money for them to let us play. But I just did it, and I'm like, "Oh fuck! Well, we have to find a drummer. We have to do this." And we did. We found a drummer. We played the show. I had a panic attack on stage. We sucked. The songs were bad. <laughs> it was horrible. The whole experience was terrible. And after that, I thought, "I'm never doing that again." But I'm so glad I did it. Um, and then the band that played after us. I had looked up and I loved them. They asked us to play another show with them after that show. Huh. And I was like, well, I love that band. They're so good and they want us to play. So let's, let's do it. Fine. Let's do it. And we tried again. We got a different drummer and we played another show. And then we just, after that, like just kept doing it and kept doing it. Uh-huh. And, uh, and the anxiety got better because I was do like, do you remember what the band was? Tommy and the high pilots. Tommy. And the high pilots. That's, That's a great name. And they're now called beta play and they're still active. Cool. Um, and I'm still actually Quick just plug. recently. Yeah, they're really, really good dudes, good band. Um, and yeah, so I just kept doing it and kept doing it. And then and then it started to like work. Like we changed <laughs> the band name. We wrote a couple songs that like people actually liked. We found a manager who liked us who we're still with. And now it's like it just snowballed. So that's and still the same band it is now? Yeah, the, my guitarist and I are the same. Everybody else has, is like so the other two guys have been switched out. No name changes, nothing. There was one name change. Okay. Yeah, I thought I mentioned that. So, like, it first started out my guitarist and I with one band name, and then Got we it. wrote certain songs, and then once the style of music started to, ch- to change to what it is now, then we came up with Bad Flower, and okay. we had our very shortly after that. I think we got our current drummer now. I think we only played one Bad Flower show with a different drummer, or maybe a couple. Okay, member got it. Been. But it's like pretty much as soon as we became, became Bad Flower, it was this group. So it was like right out of high school you kind of started the band? Yeah, right out of high school I met my guitarist and we started doing what we did. Okay, 
Cool. Yeah, so yeah. that's awesome. I, 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 is that was this your first band? Or no, did you say earlier you were like in something? Band, right? too. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I always find it interesting when people are able to like hang on to like the one project and like just keep working at it and working at it until it kind of just pops you know well i think you guys had that. i know story, that's right? spencer yeah. that's yeah and that yeah. that story is just so i i remember being been, like go ahead no i just i've heard that spencer's been doing this forever yeah and yeah it's insane your history and i'm actually i want to hear your history okay okay we can get yeah. into that a little bit yeah. um but so let me just tell you Spencer's thing first because yeah, it's it's remarkable. Um, he started the band in like I don't know the exact date, but like two thousand, two thousand one, something around there. Like like I think he was in middle school or maybe just in high school or something. And like it's the only band he's ever been in ever. And he just and and what's funny is my band and his band, my old band and Ice Nine were actually on the same like indie label at the same time. And that's when we ended up getting really close. And I remember just being like, I don't, I, I like ice nine, but I, I just can't, they've been around for too long. Like, I don't think they'll ever right. get to that next step, you and know, cause people have written been, them off. Has it always been what it is now? Like with the horror movie thing? No, no, oh, it hasn't. No, no, it's, it was, um, it's gone. It was used to be at, like, at first it was like a ska band. No way. Yeah, see, this is what's so crazy is like, it's like Spencer has taken like the same group of people and the same like attitude toward the music, kept that like the foundation there and just like changed what they were playing all together at the same time. Like everything just kind of worked that way. So it was like a ska band and it was like a punk band and it was like a emo band, and then like screamo, <laughs> you know, right? And then like metalcore. It's just been. A whole bunch and of different stuff. Well, he, it sounds like he's just tried it all out, and then he finally figured out who he is. Yeah, and this is like the most Spencer I've ever seen Spencer for that's as long so as I've known cute. him. So it's like he's made the thing that's like the fringe in his life, something that he loves that's maybe off the beaten path, and turned it into just this entire world that is surrounding him about it, you know? Yeah. It's, it's like pretty incredible. It is incredible. Yeah, yeah, that's so cool. Well, good for him and good for you and all of you guys because you, you're exploding now. Well, I appreciate awesome it. Awesome to see. I, I'm still only. I, I actually have only officially been in it now for just over a year. Wow. So, yeah, but I've been like involved with the band for maybe a decade. Yeah, it sounds like forever. Like you. Yeah, just. Done. Well, I we, we I wrote like little parts here and there on other albums and stuff with oh, them cool. and everything. So, yeah, so it's been around. That. Um, anyway, so anyway, you, you did your thing right out of high school. Um, and then how did it get to like, when, when was it at the point you did like the local shows and stuff? When did you, when did it start to become more of like, a uh, like, oh shit, like this could become like a career or like, a this could become like a much more, much larger part of my life. Yeah, well, I met, I don't think I ever really took it that seriously or thought that it could be, you know, I always, if somebody asked me, I would have told you like, oh yeah, this is what I'm going to do. But really deep down, did I actually believe it? I don't think I did until I started getting validation from other artists. Sure. So okay. there's other artists and for whatever reason, in the beginning of our group, we had a lot of like people in the pop world who were finding okay. us and then becoming friends with us. And, uh, 
I don't know why that happened. I think it was just like right place, right time. But like we became friends with Ryan Cabrera. I don't know if he. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He's still like one of our good friends. And he, he used to have us like come to his house and play these like acoustic shows for charity, just like online. He would stream wow. and then like you would donate money. And it was like the guy from We the Kings and Billy Ray Cyrus showed up to one of them and we became friends with him. And that's uh, awesome. And yeah, like that kind of thing. And those just became like our musical people. And we didn't fit at all in that scene because we were writing like rock songs, kind of. Right. Um, but they like liked us and accepted us and we felt validated. And then I started dating a girl who was already a successful artist and she believed in me and liked me enough to want to keep me around. And like all of that stuff started to make me feel like, okay, maybe this actually, maybe I'm actually really good at this. Like, yeah. Maybe this actually makes sense. And I should, um, and she inspired me to quit my day job and just do it full time. She's like, I'll support you. I'll help you if you need help. Just, I know you told me who this was, but I don't remember. Uh, the Veronicas. Right. That's right. That's yeah, right. yeah. And we're still yeah. close. We're still, I still love her and we're still friends. That's uh, awesome. But yeah. She, I just saw them. Did you? Where? Well, we played the same festival as them in Australia. Oh, sick. Yeah. They were so good. Oh, that's so cool. I wish I would have known. I would have, I would have like. And it was fun. Well, we, I didn't know you yet. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's only been like a couple months. Isn't that crazy? Really? Since Shiprocked? Maybe three months? Like three months? Three months. Three months. Yeah, that was like the last big gathering of people I was in. Other yeah, than like, like all the stuff ago. I did. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, crazy. Yeah, so that was that that happened. And then like they took us out on tour and I used to play guitar for them. And like I just- Oh, right. Got, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I just cool. got my feet wet just in the world of music, like seeing what this looks like as a career through her. Mm-hmm. Um, and watching her band and that. And then I also learned a lot, like just the way she sent emails to industry people. I was like, wow, you're like yeah, a just, dominant force. I see how the, I see, I see this now. I, this all makes it. sense. It's not just the songwriting. It's like, there's so much more to it that you have to be good at and figure out in order to like make a career out of this. And mm-hmm. just by observing that and picking up whatever, whatever I could, I, I figured out my own version of that. And, okay. and I'm still going, you know, off of, off of that as my foundation. Um, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, what a weird big... like. That's like a pretty incredible story, though. Yeah. It when was, did you start like, playing with the Veronicas? Well, we didn't. We dated first. Okay. Before when we did together. before? Like, well, when met, did you tour with them? Oh God, that was it had to be like five years ago now. Okay. It was only so, in the UK. Okay. So our first tour ever as Badflower was in the UK with the Veronicas. And so you like were a, a band for like a good six or seven years before you ever like did something like that. No, it wasn't that long. Because what it, we're we're in twenty twenty now. If mm-hmm. the, that tour was like in two thousand five, six, five or six, I think had to be something like that. Two thousand fifteen, you mean? Sorry, yeah, fifteen, not five or six, fifteen. Um, yeah, so that makes sense, right? And if you started the band long. in like oh eight oh nine. Because I want to say, like, I we switched to Badflower be- with, be- you know, we had the old band name and then we switched to Badflower. And then, like, not very many months later, I started, we started meeting all these people, like Ryan Cabrera and the, and the Veronica's. And, like, it was really soon after that. It just that. happened that quickly. Yeah. That's like, so we literally cool. wrote a couple like, songs that were m- much better. Like, our song Animal, I don't know if you've heard that, which I, is I one of my favorite songs that we play, but it was, like, the first. Oh, wait, I, I know that song. It was like the first radio song that we had. That was written Mm -hmm. then under the old band name. And it was like the first thing that we had that was like kind of heavy and bluesy. 
prior so to that. So you guys we- had some some like marginal success even at, before you were bad flower. No, none. What I'm saying oh, okay. is no, we had none. We just like played played bars and shit and we had friends come out. But then we wrote that song and started pushing that song around and people started listening to it. And then we got our management from that song and we got all this other stuff. And then we changed the band name because we're like, okay, so this this makes sense. Let's switch the band name. Let's kind of rebrand this whole thing and go more in this direction. Okay. Because it. it was the only song that we had that was like that. And we're okay. Like, what and so then you, mo- you modeled the band because of the success of that exactly song. Exactly right. Exactly. Okay. Right. That's cool. And now, and now, and since then, now we have like songs like Ghost and Promise Me, that, which are very different from that. And mm-hmm. those were a lot more successful. And now that's more who our band is. Now yeah, we're that like. That Promise Me song is like perfect, dude. Oh, thanks, <laughs> I, lo- I love that song. That's my favorite on that so record. So good. It's so good. I love Thank it. Thank you. Do you know what's interesting, oh. too? Oh, you lost your pop Sorry. screen. My things are breaking. <clears throat> when we, so we put out Ghost and people loved it. And Ghost was a huge song. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still on the. It's still like, I've been told by our team that if if it still counted towards the charts, it would still be charting at rock. That's awesome. Even like over a year, like a year and a half since its release, because it's, it's just like a recurrent. It's just always playing on the radio. Yeah. It's like Ghost was a huge song, and we got all of our fan base from that. And then when Promise Me was the song that we were pushing, so many of our fans were like, "Oh, that's just their record label trying to force them to sound more polished, more pop." And I was like, oh, you know, I forced the record label to, to make that song a single. Yeah. They're like, the record label said it's too polished and pop. And I was like, no, but that's so, so they're much probably thinking that's people. like your least favorite on the song. Yeah. Album too. Oh, come and on. And I'm like constantly telling people like, no, it's the opposite. That's my favorite song. If I wrote an entire album of songs that were like pop punk, feel good, sort of Disney magical like that, I would just do it. I don't care. Yeah. But that song also has like, it, it's just so earnest. Like, yeah. The, and it feel like the music just feels that way too. It's like such like a, I don't know. It just it feels so complete. The the whole idea. I just love that song. Thank you. It's yeah, so it, good. Is, it is. It is. And I like writing songs like that too. Just in terms of songwriting, where it feels like a beginning, middle, end. Something yeah. actually happens. There's a climax, and then there's. I yeah. sort of like to write songs like movies. Right. I think all yeah. of our biggest songs have been like that. Like Ghost was like that too. It was. You know, I really every verse was talking about the next suicide attempt, the one that gets closer and closer to the end, and then, and then the end. Yeah, and I love that. I love structuring Heavy. songs like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm so bad at that shit. <laughs> really? Well, I'm. It, I struggle with it. I should say, or maybe I'm just way too self conscious about it. But also, know. some people just don't do that. That's not like I always want to do that though. Like I've always struggled to like tell a full story in a song because I have. A hard, I, I am, I talk too much. Like I use too many words to say something that could be said in such a shorter phrase, but I just can't think of the fucking phrase. You know, right. I know it exists, but I can't think of it. That is literally the trick of songwriting. It's like, okay, I want, I need like an entire page in a book's worth of emotions. Right. To be in three words. Right. And to be like understandable too. And so then it's not. I, then it's really not the lyrics so much; it's the delivery. That's what a lot of a lot of songwriters don't haven't figured out yet. It's like it's not necessarily about your lyrics. You could say the most cliche, everyone said this before, but if right. you deliver it appropriately, mm-hmm. you can you can make someone cry just like that, right. just by the delivery. You could say "I love you." That's you know? exactly what I was so, just hearing in my head. The most cliche <laughs> thing that you could possibly say "I love you," but if you say it right and it's in the right context, if you have the right bookends next to it, it's mm-hmm. like that can destroy someone. 
Right. It's so good. Damn. I just love, I love that about songwriting. And I yeah, think that's, I like nerding out on that stuff. That's my lot. strength. I think as a writer is being able yeah. to, to deliver the right, the line appropriately. It's not necessarily the writing. It's just, I would agree with you, dude. There's something about yeah. the way you sing shit that like, I don't really ever listen to lyrics. Like I don't, but there's right. something about the way you sing that makes me listen to all of your lyrics. Oh, and it's become you. like one of my favorite parts of the album, which usually, usually how like, I'll know the, I'll know a whole album's words by heart. And until I start singing them and someone be like, wow, that was a cool line. And then I'll think about it and be like, Oh yeah, that was a cool line. Yeah. That is cool. I've known that song for twenty years. Right. <laughs> you know, I just never thought about it. Yeah, I'm kind of like that too, and I'm glad that you're saying that because that's what I want to happen when pe- people listen to our stuff. Like, I mm-hmm. want, I want it to be a lyric focused thing. Yeah. Well, uh, I think you've done it, dude. Thank well done. You. And I think the next record, the, what we've been working on now, is even more so like that. And um, and I've been self producing it too. So there's a lot of moments. Like for the most part, I'm keeping the vocal like really loud and really dry okay on so much of this next record because i'm just like i like what i'm saying and i want people to really hear what i'm saying and i'm not going to decorate it with all this bullshit like i'm going to leave it that sounds cool really really up front and and so we're doing that a lot and uh and it's really exciting and it's really heavy i can't wait to hear it yeah i'll have to send you stuff on the dl what's the plan are you like well let's go back first we'll we'll get to future okay i'm getting ahead of myself that's okay um so like, anyway, so you started touring, your first tour was in Europe. Yeah. It's insane. Um, yeah, it was, driving a rental car, like all of us stuff. I mean, I got to sleep in a bunk with the girl I was dating because she had right. the, but my band had to <laughs> stuff in a rental car and learn how to drive oh, no. the road for the, like, for the first time ever. Oh, they must have hated you. But we got, I got us the opportunity. <laughs> it was like, I got us on tour, like we're playing for sold out crowds every night. Like, right. It's so- what were those shows like? Oh, at the time, it was the most amazing thing I'd ever experienced. How big were they? They weren't that big. Uh, I want to say they were like the same size as what we would do now in the U.S., which would be like big clubs, small theaters. Okay. You know? Hmm. Like I think the biggest one, I think the biggest one we did was in London with them that was like a thousand cap that was sold out. Gotcha. Everything else was like from three. Dude, that's so crazy. First tour... Yeah, that was the first tour ever. And My first were, tour, we were just playing with the other bands. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Damn. Yeah, so that was That's so cool. sick. I'm jealous. Well, we're all here now. Yeah, we did we're it. all doing fine. <laughs> you know what's the best? This is like a side tangent, but I'm sure that you guys have experienced this too. When you're like the support band for so long and you play all these venues, especially in the US, you play all these venues, you're like, I've been back to this place a million times and I'm the support band again and I'm, I'm the first of three. And then you've, like it's finally such a hit for your band and you go on your headlining tour and you sell more tickets at the same venues than you did when you were the support band. <laughs> See, I can't even relate to that, dude, because my, my old band, like at our biggest, we would maybe bring out a hundred people. Right. Oh, and you're you know? new to Ice Nine, so you, you didn't get to do Yeah, that. and it was, yeah, exactly. So in a way, I got to miss a lot. I, I missed a uh, lot of missed the- missed the best part of this. I know, that's what I was going to say, but I got to miss a lot of the hardships, but really missed out on like the satisfaction of like the hard work. That literally, you know? the most rewarding part, you're like, wow, I'm back here. Well, dude, and I said this, I just said this to Cody when I talked to him. And I was like, the first tour we I did with Ice Nine, we were on a bandwagon, and I was like, "This fucking rules!" Like I have yeah. a bunk, like, and and everyone else is like, "Man, these bunks, 
they're just so rocky. Like I can't even <laughs> sleep. I'm like, are you kidding me? This is the best thing ever. I'm sleeping on a bunk. This is great. Awesome. And now we've, after that, every tour has been a bus every, everywhere we've been. And now I'm when like, you go back this bus fucking sucks, dude. Like the last bus was better. <laughs> like, same with us we do buses now too and when we do like a, we have like oh you have three festivals and it's just this this and that we're just gonna do a bandwagon for this because it's so small like there's no point in getting a bus for three days and then we do it and we're all on the bandwagon like we're never doing this again this bandwagon <laughs> sucks like never ever again you know it's it's so easy to get jaded dude you know? we're so jaded we're such <laughs> and we're not even that big we're not even like miley cyrus we're just I know. Like, kind of doing pretty good in the rock world right so um skating by on our buses but we're like, yeah barely getting by on our one bus while everyone else is touring in like six or seven buses you know so good it's so funny how like no matter what size band you are you're always kind of like i don't understand why we're not like bigger than we are <laughs> dude i would have given you anything know? to be where my band is now right like five years ago Mm-hmm. I'd have been like, that's success. Like, that's more than enough. And yeah. Dude, I remember I like, just Here. being stoked when my, like, band in high school became, like, a local success. Right. You know? I was like, yeah, totally. this is awesome. Like, people come to our shows. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. We had 50 people there last night. Like, right. 50 of our friends. Like, some of those people we didn't even know. Right, right. And they stayed for the whole show. It was yeah. super cool. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't you sometimes miss those days? I do. Uh, dude, uh, so much. Yeah, so much. Some. It, to the point where, like, I've kind of started tossing around the idea of starting a band that has no intention of getting bigger. Just, and just you like could be that again? Well, just to go play, like, shows that, like, you might actually have, like, an organic fan there from you, you playing music. You know what I mean? Right. Because, like, those are the bands, you only discover those bands live. Right. Like everyone that's at an Ice Nine show now is coming because they know what the show is. But like you don't right. get to like play for, I don't, you know, I don't know. It's just different. It's a different right. vibe. I mean, I don't feel that. I, because, I think because I am the bad flower guy, it all still, like anyone who shows us my shows, it still feels like that. I'm still like. Yeah, I guess that's, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But I, if I fronted a band, I mean, there'd always be some crossover. Like if I fronted something and then there, oh, there would be Ice Nine fans like, that would come. But I would also say that like the music that I would do would be so off from what Ice Nine is. Totally. That, like, Well, you know what's interesting is I, I'm friends with, um, do you know the band? I don't know how, but they found me. Yeah, yeah. I'm really close with Ryan and, uh, and I worked with them a little bit on, in the very beginning. Like before anybody knew about the band, they were all underground. And obviously the singer was from Panic! at the Disco and Ryan mm-hmm. was from Falling in a Verse. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the way that they started the whole thing was like completely DL because neither of them wanted to get a fan base just because both of them already had a fan base right. from their other So product. it was kind of the same idea. It was the same idea, yeah. And eventually, obviously, it, like, it happened sure. that way where people found out. But in the very, very beginning, like we did shows with them just so that they could like play for a couple of our fans. Huh. Rather than like, hey, we're right. you, you know, we're basically a super group from these other really big bands. Yeah, and that's what sucks is it just becomes that. A super yeah, group when they from first started, bands. they did exactly that, and they didn't tell anybody that's so what, cool. it was, what they were doing. And it was, yeah, I, I had a lot of respect for that the yeah. way that they did it. And now they're exploding and they're huge, and you know, it's all going yeah, to really, like really quickly. Yeah, it happened really fast. Well, they're also there's both really talented guys and their songs. Yeah, are, those songs are real catchy. Yeah, really catchy. Yeah, I actually no, we didn't play with them. We played with Simple Creatures. That's the yeah, other yeah. One. That's another. That's a different. The other one, groupy kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right. Anyway, so you guys did that tour. Um, and then, so that's when you started seeing like more, well, that's when you started touring more, I, I would guess, right? Like, you no, didn't... it was the one with them and then we couldn't get another one. Oh, really? You didn't even yeah. go off and tour on your own or anything? No, because it was just in the UK. We couldn't get back there. We couldn't afford to get back there. That's right. Like um, you hadn't built anything from it really. No. And there was or nothing anything that you could do with. Any, yeah, yeah. We, we couldn't do anything with that. Honestly, it was just for the experience. Mm-hmm. And I mean, when we go back to the UK now, every now and again, some like there will be some in the audience. Like I saw you with the Veronica's like how many years ago? I'm like, wow, really? That's amazing. That's so That's cool, cool that you like you're still here. Um, but yeah, we we had like a lull, I think, and and then eventually, uh, eventually we we were with a label. Then we signed with this indie label that doesn't exist anymore. They didn't even give us tour support to do the UK tour. Even though there was nothing else happening, they didn't give us tour support. Like, it sucked. It wasn't a good situation. Mm -hmm. Um, But then we got out of that. Republic Records bought us out of that. Oh, wow. Yeah, we kept writing songs. We kept doing the thing. And our management was pretty good. And they were sort of starting to work our stuff and get the feelers out. And then we started doing showcases. So we stayed in L.A. and just did showcases for labels. Got it. And uh, in the beginning, it was like we had two shows at the Troubadour back-to-back supporting bands that were selling it out. Got it. And every industry person under the sun in LA came. So like CAA was there. We didn't have an agent. We didn't. We didn't have nothing. But CAA was there. Um, all the who labels was setting there. all this up. Your management. Our management was. Yeah, our management was good. So at the time they had Thirty Seconds to Mars. They had like the Bravery when that band was huge and and Airborne Toxic event. I, I think they still have. They were like a good management company, mm-hmm. and they still are. Uh, and so they set that all up, and every label and every agent passed on us. Really? Everyone, everyone passed. Oh, the only one that was interested was Republic. That was the only one that like wanted to come back and see us again and like have a conversation about it. Then they buttered us up. We went out to dinner. Like you know how label people are. Mm-hmm. You know, take us out to, to dinner. Didn't offer a deal. Wow. So we were just like stuck for a while. So then we kept doing what we were doing, and then eventually, John Barbados, the fashion designer, linked up with Republic Records. Yeah, how did that happen? Do you know that story? He's just like a he's he's like a rock and roll guy. Like his whole fashion brand is all so like based around rock and roll. Like it's uh-huh. it only makes sense that he's involved with it more. So he just like started a deal with Republic, and as soon as they got their deal together for them to start their own rock label, we were like the first band they signed. They wow. went back. Okay, to so us. so they came back to you. Yeah, they came back to us and and said we want to make a deal. Flew us out to New York. We showcased properly for them. Uh-huh. Um, for the New York people, not the LA people, and the right, New York the people, parent, the like, smarter people. Yeah, signed us. <laughs> they literally signed us instantly, um, or they agreed to sign us instantly. Then lawyers were back and forth for a while, and then we put out an EP that we self-produced un- with Republic. And then I'm going to make this a little bit shorter. We got a couple tours. Things were starting to happen. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to go like. Super yeah, we had that. one single going. That was that single Animal from that long ago. Wow. Was still like the main. When did that come out? It's come out like five different times throughout our career. So that's like a tough question. I don't know. I don't know how to answer it. When did the oh, first one come out? The first one? Yeah. Under the last band name, like almost 10 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's what I'm Got saying. It. And then like, and then it was pulled down and then put up again and pulled down. And then the, the final one, the one that still exists now came out with our EP, which was, that was the only thing we released through Republic, which had to be like four years ago or something. Okay. Three or four years ago. Uh, that did okay. And then Republic wasn't working out for us anymore. John Barbados left Republic. 
went to Big Machine, linked up with mm-hmm. Jetta and those people there, and then they were able to buy us off of Republic and bring us to Big Machine. And that's oh. where we are now, and we love it there. That's awesome. So then we made our first what actual a- full-length record, so Ghost and Promise Between, all those songs yeah. with Big Machine. So that's your fir- first full-length? Yeah. Nuts. At this much time of being in a band and doing it in like three different labels, you know, like all of this. Stuff That's happens. so crazy. This is our first and only as of now uh, full length record. It's so cool because like I, I, from that story, like the abridged version there, it's kind of hard to tell like if you're successful or you're not <laughs> <laughs> like, like based on that story, because like there's a lot of big details that like must have happened, but it seems like a lot of them happened like with these really big jumps. It was like, like it wasn't like a gradual slope up. It was like, it was like steps where yeah, there was plateaus it was, where it was flat. Yeah. And then you like, Oh yeah. And then, so like we didn't do anything for a long time. And I, you know, discovered I had all these like medical issues. And then we toured Europe with the Veronica's, right. uh, we came back and didn't do anything. <laughs> you know? It's so true though. Yeah. It hasn't been like that lately. Right. Like, right. I don't reach. I think once our record came out, like our record, then now, you just have to do it. Then it was just this. Right. Straight up. But no, you're right. In the beginning, it was like, oh, this sucks. Pat, step up. Right. And oh, it's at almost oh. like a point where it sounds like you, you were almost going down. Like you're like, oh, yeah. And then every label passed on us. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know? It totally felt like it was going down. That's so crazy. I couldn't believe every label. I mean, were you getting bigger through no. all of that? Nope. No. So when did you get to the point where you're like, oh, wow, we're like, or let's say like you could sell out like, you know, a, a mid sized club or something, like 500. Yeah, that didn't happen until once Ghost went on the radio, everything changed. Okay, so that was like the big one. Ghost went on the radio, and then we started touring because we had a radio song. We started touring with the other rock bands. Ah, you know, like tours with like Pop Evil and Nothing More, and uh, like those types of bands who like Mm -hmm. had the the rock radio songs, and then eventually Shine Down, which was huge and great. Like direct support for Shine Down was massive for us. Wow, I didn't know you did Um, that. Oh yeah, we did a full full tour direct support for Shine Down, and it was. I I, th- I think that was probably the biggest step up, which is interesting too because I feel like we now have cultivated a much younger fan base that I really really love, mm-hmm. but they weren't at the Shinedown shows. Yeah, you know what weird. I mean? Hmm. I don't know. Do you I think, think it's, it's like? Con- I I feel like the the. I mean, I have, dude, I do these live streams on Instagram and there's like five people that have bad flower in their name that are just in my live streams every day. Oh really? Cool. And they're like younger kids. So you're yeah. right. Like I, I definitely know what you mean. It's it, it is funny though. Like since we started playing, Ice Nine started playing the more like active rock scene, like even Shiprocked or whatever. Yeah, we have uh, way, way, way younger fans. Yeah, like, like kids. In, yeah, like, families and shit. You know. Yeah, totally. I it's think we're, you know what I think we're just doing something right uh, on the other end of things, like on the social media end and. I think that's the part where a lot of bands fall short. Like they can get these amazing tours and have these huge radio songs, but you have to, you have to be able to like intertwine yourself in what's like real and happening now. Um, and I, I know that I put effort into doing that. And I also think it's a blast. Like I have yeah. so much fun, like fucking around with Stan Twitter. Like, I just think it's so fun. I don't um, even know what that means. Oh dude, you got to get on it. So, so you th- I was going to say, I'm, I'm like, absolutely clueless with this shit i'm sure spencer does like i'm sure oh yeah he knows everything but i i hate it i hate that stuff 
But that's fine too. Like at least you have like Spencer does it, so you don't need to. You can like right, focus right. on what's important. To you. Yeah. Um, same with my band. Like my band doesn't give a shit. It's, yeah. it's just me. Like on all. If, all if the it's accounts, not like, like a joke, like if I can't make it into an obvious childish joke that I think is funny, then I'm not interested. Right. <laughs> well, that's the thing about like. <laughs> Best stand Twitter, but dude, try doing around, that like, in our band in a band where you can only talk about horror movies. Yeah, you're a little pigeonholed, right? It's tough. Like we can the things that I think are really funny with my band. Like I get a kick out of like, right? I don't. We have something coming out on Mother's Day that's like I think is fucking hilarious, and it's definitely around uh, horror oh, cool. movies and shit. But like, when's Mother's Day? Uh, it's not like in a. Oh, a couple weeks, I think, or a week and a so half. So you guys are putting out a song or a piece of content or something. Can you say? Um, it is both, I can okay. say. Yeah. Because I we, we just, we're working on stuff, and I so desperately want to release content, but we're, like, I'm in conversations back and forth with management and label and everyone. They're like, we shouldn't be releasing stuff right now. Why because do you think? People, people aren't driving as much. So, like, if we go to radio or something. No, that's true. Yeah. So it's, like, it's not all, something to be taken super seriously. I would agree with that. Got it. So what you have now is like, it's more just like content. It's not, um, it's like a fun thing. It's okay. nothing cool. special, you know? Can't wait to see it. I mean, it was purely done as a joke. So right. there's that. Yeah. Sweet. Um, so like we're, we're trying to keep things fresh, but I think that's interesting. Like I never, I didn't think about that. The driving thing, like, you know, for, in my head, I was like, people are just fucking dying for content right now. They are, but I think if you're if you're being smart business wise, it's it's weird. Or you have to no, figure out sense. how to ma- maximize your internet potential with whatever you do. And uh, our label is great, and they are cool. Like they're hip with the younger, like the younger way of music consumption with streaming and all that. But they're still like a very much radio focused, mm-hmm. like a dominant radio label. And so for them, it's like not this isn't the time like people can't work so they can't sit in traffic and drive we shouldn't be putting things out that makes sense though yeah yeah that's it's still a very foreign world to me because i don't you know i don't i never listen to the radio i don't either but it's like that's that's why our band is doing well probably a lot too with you i think you guys have had a lot of radio success too right yeah yeah octane has been like huge Octane's huge for bands like us yeah it's crazy it's so weird how like we're kind of grouped in together because we're not Super we're not the same now <laughs> at all but that's cool though like that's i think that's the genre actually progressing yeah i mean i think it's cool I, what i was talking to my girlfriend about the other day is like it's interesting to see now this like new wave of like what i would call like the younger generation that has this foundation of music built in like rock and like heavy shit you know like right. it's it might be a little different for ice nine and i'm talking about like the really young kids that come to our show but like it's interesting to see now kids that were into like, I don't know, like Thursday and like, you know, all bands from that era, Thrice, Under Oath, whatever, like back then, or even like heavier bands, like now they're older and have kids and they like listen to that music right, with their fucking kids, right, you know, and they just grow up loving that shit too, you know, well, it's yeah, just a just, very new thing. That's like become the new 90s. Right. It's so crazy though, but, but I feel like it's never happened like this before because heavy music like that wasn't like, it didn't have a huge mainstream appeal until like the 2000s, I feel like. Right. When streaming and all that shit happened. Yeah, totally. I mean, there's a lot of, 
I think music thrived. Just the, the like, just creativity and music by itself. The business tanked, but creativity just went. Oh, nuts. I agree. I agree. I was listening. Like I was telling someone the other day, like I couldn't if if my old local band played with the local bands I play with now, I would be horrible. Right. Like there's so many fucking good bands now. Yeah, and it's great. And kids are like way more critical of what they can do because of like the technology available to them. It's great. Yeah. I'm like one of the few people who is the biggest supporter of like the way the music industry is now of like streaming oh, I, dominant force. I love, I am all about that. Like why do we, like, I, well, so many people are like, Oh, I wish like musicians made more money. Like really, we get to live the coolest fucking lives ever. We don't need mansions. Right. Well, yeah, there's truth to that. Like, we don't need them. Doctors yeah. should have mansions. My only counter argument to that is, is not necessarily personal, but I would love for people that aren't as big to still be able to make a living playing music. Sure. But That's, then, I would, then I they would, could devote would, their time to it. But I would love for teachers to be. Oh, yeah, me too. I mean, I'm not saying that musicians think, deserve more than other people. Right. I just think that everybody should be living a, a more comfortable life doing right, whatever right, it is right. that they do. Um, I, but I certainly don't think that we need, you know, like musicians to be the most powerful. Uh, no, I agree. Richest people in the world. Like, that's stupid. Yeah. We get, these lives are so cool. Like it's right. so cool. you don't need, and it's funny. Like I, the more popular and famous you get, which I am not, <laughs> well, um, either. Yeah, I know, but neither of us are truly <laughs> famous by any means. No, um, but like the more free shit you get too. Oh yeah, hell yeah. You know? I'm getting free shit on Tuesday. <laughs> All right, yeah, dude, I'm get. I have some free shit coming. <laughs> and I'm not gonna not take no, free it's shit. True. It's true. It does happen. <laughs> yep. Um, I'm actually. Sa- oh wait. Yeah, I'm sending you some free shit. Yeah, you're sending me free shit. I got, I got clothes coming for. I literally just had a conversation with this guy the other day who was like, oh, I want to send you some clothes. Cool. There you go. Not a bad move there. I want clothes. And also, John Barbados is our the head of our label, so he just dresses us. And I guess I'm I'm not super familiar with that fashion line. It's big. It's like I know I know of, the name. Spencer says it all the time. But yeah, but what's interesting is I don't wear a lot of John Barbados, and he knows that. Like I'm close with John. And I've talked yeah. to him about like what I, I wear like vegan oversized sweaters that are just mm-hmm. like adorable and like <laughs> punk rock pants. And that's my whole thing. Um, and he knows that and he doesn't care. So that's what's cool about that partnership. He's like, he doesn't force. Yeah, his, it's not his business. No, but he did have me. us do one of his fashion campaigns. And that was like the coolest I've ever been. In that's my cool. Life. So if you walk into a John Barbados store, like you see our band just like on all the TVs. and Really? Yeah, it's sick. Oh, that's sick. Oh, I have to find one. I just That's watched great. it the other day. I just showed someone uh, yesterday. I was like, by the way, I don't know if you know, but I'm a supermodel. So, <laughs> all right, all right. So, um, so now let's move future stuff. So we, um, I know we were impacted by coronavirus for touring. Yeah, um, I imagine you guys have been as well with the upcoming one, right? Yeah. Well, we've already had all of our fan- our festivals cancel. Yeah, or postpone or whatever. And the only which festivals were you doing? I don't remember all of them. I don't think we were doing any together, were we? We were doing all the, like, Danny Wimmers. Yeah, so were we, I think. I think. Yeah, I think we were doing them together. Oh. Probably. Well, that sucks. I would have liked to do that. Yeah, oh, we had, like, uh, Incarceration Festival was one I was I don't think about. we were doing that. Um, yeah, we were on a bunch of them, and they've all canceled. Yeah. What's weird is we're on one of the last tours that hasn't canceled yet. So we have Incubus and 311. Yeah. It's Incubus, 311, and us. And it's the only summer tour that has not canceled yet. 
they're still holding on. And I think I, what I was told was it's like the last big um, Live Nation tour that is yet to cancel. Yeah, and it, it didn't, starts uh, mid July. Mid July? I thought it was later. Nope, mid July. <laughs> There's no way. I know. That's what There's I'm saying. There's no way. I don't think there is either. But we're but we're still here. Like they haven't canceled it. I'm asking my team like every day. They're like, nope. They're still holding on. But do on. you know why they're not canceling it? I think. Um, I think I know why. If it was me, and if things did get better, and like the heat killed the thing, and everybody was good, and they canceled all, you know, social distancing went away, and they opened everything up, they would be the only tour out, and everybody would get tickets to it. Okay, that That's makes sense. Here's what I think. Mm. I heard this this morning. I don't know if it's true. Um, I heard that Live Nation just had to lay off 30% of their staff. Yeah. I also heard that if Ticketmaster refunded even 30% of the ticket sales that they have right now in their bank, they would go out of business. Right. So that's the reason they're not they're they're trying to make every tour either postponed or not canceled because if they have to refund money, they're fucked. Right. And you think <laughs> um, and you think uh, Incubus is one of the ones they're just like. I mean, maybe Incubus uh, hasn't like like said they want to reschedule it. I don't know. And so they're like, well, we can't cancel it. I mean, who fucking knows? This again, yeah, none I, of that is based in anything I've researched. This is just something that someone said to me. No, but that sounds right. And I think uh, it, it, that if Incubus is the only tour that stays and they're able to get away with it and people actually show up to it, it might save Live Nation and Ticket. I want to go. Yeah, wouldn't you Do go? Do you remember telling me on the boat about that? About Incubus? Yeah. No. I was, <laughs> what did I say? I won't say it on here, but I'll tell you after. <laughs> no, say it. Is it fun? Okay, is it- dude, you looked at me. We were at, like having Wait, a real good? good time at this point, and you looked at me and you go, dude, dude, I swear to God I'm not this kind of person. I swear to God. But like, I'm really excited about this. Can I just tell you how much we're getting paid on this tour? <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Okay, stop there. Don't tell them that. I won't. I won't. <laughs> so funny i'm so sorry that's such a no dude that's so good it was like so honest because you were actually excited (laughs) about it (laughs) i i'm the worst oh it's so good that was really fun but you know what sucks what if the tour does cancel i have been operating on the idea that i'm gonna make a really substantial lump sum of money with my band and the whole team Right. And now if that, and I've been, I've been like living my life like that, you know, I've been going on trips and I wanted to go to Nashville and do this and, and then everything happened. And I'm like, holy shit, we might not make a dime this year. Yeah. What are we going to do? Yeah. It's fucked. Yeah. So that's a little, that's a little worrisome. Like I wish that, that I was a big thing for me too. Like with moving and shit, this whole move was supposed to be funded partially by the tour I'm supposed right. to be on right now. <laughs> yeah. Man, it's awful. It is what it is. That's so funny. I said that to you. I, I'm I'm sorry. I'm glad that you're. Oh, dude. You think it's like charming. I loved it. <laughs> it really wasn't. You said by that point, dude. Like you'd said several things to me at that point where I knew it was like, and it, it was it was not a brag. It was like, can you even believe this? Yeah, I was really like like a like a little kid, just excited. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, that's true. I was so drunk on that ship. I was throwing pizza at fans. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm going to tell you a story about you. <laughs> Did I throw pizza at you? No, no, no. Okay, good. Um, we, 
like we had bumped into each other a handful of times on the boat and we like oh, kept talking being like we have to hang out or like yeah we bonded over the fact that we were vegan and all right. that yeah um so all that shit and then um <laughs> we ended up hanging out that night and you were already pretty drunk yeah um early in the night and you were like oh my god dude is spencer around like not like i don't not like i don't want to hang out with you but like I got to hang out with Spencer and I got to take a picture with him because there's this oh, girl yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I kind of like her and she's like a big ice night kills fan. <laughs> so at that point already, I was like, okay, I totally get this dude's vibe. Like he's going to be honest a hundred percent of the time. I just really opened up. Didn't I? I was immediately. Just like, and then dude, dude, I don't know if you remember, we had to take another picture. There was some fans that stopped, um, me and Ricky, I think, our other guitar player, and you were, you had been walking by and we started talking. So we had just taken a picture with um, right. Right, right, that right. girl. You came over, they wanted to take a picture with all three of us, and we had to take the picture like five times because you kept adjusting your beanie because you didn't think it looked cool or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm so saying. good, like, man. I, I embraced the shit. I love I it. it. I was like, I'm just going to be that guy. It was so funny. Yeah, I got really. That's that all sounds about accurate. Yeah. Sounds your like whole group was a blast. We did have fun, you and then we were, were like, we fun. were hanging out with the Asking Alexandria guys, and they mm -hmm. get into trouble too. And it was yeah. like, it was a whole thing. But I, yeah, I got really drunk, and and apparently, I don't remember doing this, but it's like the one takeaway, like the one most embarrassing thing. But now I kind of laugh at it. I was chucking pizza fans, and I was first, I was told that, and I was like, wait, like just like. Like a, just like an asshole. And my tour manager was like, no, you thought you were being nice. You thought that they <laughs> wanted a slice. And you were like, and fans are coming up to you like, oh, hey, Josh and Badflow, can I take a picture? And I was like, yeah, you want some pizza? And I just started chucking oh slices my God. at people. That's amazing. <laughs> was that like by the pizza place? In yeah, because I would go, that was one of my favorite things to eat was the pizza with no cheese. Like Dude, just the mushrooms. You told me that the last fucking day on the boat. Oh, it was the best thing you I know, have. and I got it right then. And I was, that this was the only time where I was actually a little bit drunk on that whole mm -hmm. cruise. Like I didn't really drink. And um, someone asked me like, what are you eating? And in my mind, I wanted to say pizza with, I mean, bread with sauce. But the way it came out, because I, I spoke before I thought was I'm eating bread wets. And bread so now, wets. yeah, bread wets. Okay, great. <laughs> you know, like wet bread. Right. So that's now what uh, we've been calling pizza without cheese is bread wets. I like that. Yeah. Bread wets tonight? <laughs> yeah. You guys want to do frisbee wets? Yeah, frisbee <laughs> wets. So that's your, that you invented that. You co invented it because I didn't know about it. I love that. Yeah. No, you great. can, do, you know, honestly, you can do that at most like, like dominoes. No, I know you could do it. I just mean I didn't yeah. do it. <laughs> I didn't think of it. Right. That's all. Well, you're um, very welcome. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah, super fun. That was a fun time. So what else is, do you guys have planned? Are you doing anything in particular for like during this time off besides writing? Or in, you're not going to release anything. Are you going to do any other type of content stuff? We already did for no reason at all. We just put up a cover of... Um, do you know Jerry Rafferty, like old seventies artist? No, I don't. There's do this Jerry Rafferty song that me and my guitarist, actually my whole band loves, but we were both in Nashville together in the studio working on our record. And I started writing this song that kind of sounded like that old Jerry Rafferty song. And Which then song? 
It's called Right Down the Line. Yeah, I do know that song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just so looked. I'm just looked no him up. For no reason at all, it. we decided to cover that song and then put up a video on YouTube, like a studio version of it. And then right oh, really? did it, radio stations were hitting up our management, like, "What's this? Can we play this?" And now radio stations are playing it. You're right. gonna have to play that forever now. We will never play it live. You're ever. gonna have like, to. It didn't even get very many hits on YouTube, but old radio programmers are like, "This is the greatest thing ever." Yeah. Dude, that's like the thing with active rock now is all these bands get pretty popular with these cover songs. Yeah, but that's not what it is. Like, we'll never. No, I know, I know. Like that's that. not what you would want to do. We just I, did ha- I, I fucking hate doing covers. Yeah, so do I. I hate it. When we did like a, we did a Billie Eilish cover on our last tour that was a blast because it was so unexpected. I don't mind playing them. Right. But oh yeah. I, no, you don't want to record them. No, I, I don't like ever putting them out. It just Same. feels like. It Same. feels like a cheap trick to me. And we just did it too, so. Really? <laughs> yeah, we did Thriller, Michael Jackson. That's sick. Yeah, like, I mean. Are you allowed to do that? Are you allowed to. to, to it's the perfect climate for it. You know, because he's not innocent or guilty or <laughs> whatever that. I'm pretty thing. sure he's quite guilty. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and like, that's why it's the perfect climate, right? We release a Michael Jackson cover when everyone loves Michael Jackson. We're just real smart, you know? Real smart. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we did that. Well, we did that uh, in October. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, we don't plan on doing anything else like that. I think we're, we're just focusing on this record. I, we, we just finished a song um, that we're going to have Chris Lord Algae mix because he mixes all of our stuff. Nice. And he's still working throughout this pandemic. So, like, we've sent him a couple things already just to, like, start to piece together an album that's actually complete. Mm-hmm. And there's this one song that I'm I'm just so in love with, and it like we just recently finished it and like sort of cracked the code on it. You know, some of those songs you're just like, mm-hmm. this is so great, but I just can't figure out like what the combination, like what's missing. Right. And we just sort of got to that point with this one, and um, and I'm now like back and forth with the team and the label and everyone. I was like, can we just figure out a way to get this out? It's so good. You but then we were running it. into that issue with you know. It could be a massive radio song. It could be like a ghost. That's what we think. Yeah, but dude, but, do you um, think about that 21 Pilots song out right now? Have you heard that song? Yeah, I know about it. I haven't even heard it yet. It's fucking incredible, Is first it? of all. Yeah. But two, it's like it's the first single to knock off Panic at the Disco for over like almost two years from number one. Really? Yeah. Wow. You know? So you never know. Yeah, no, you're right. I gotta. T- I'll, I'll go back to the team. And you should. You should tell them that Joe from Ice Nine. Okay. Said that it was a. It might. It might be a good idea. <laughs> and he's vegan. So. Yeah. 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 Tell him that. I will. I'll tell them that. How, when did I you? Be, you've been vegan for a long time, right? Sorry. You've been vegan for a long time. I have like five years. Yeah. Or more. That's right. I remember. Um, All right. Just an FYI warning. I, I have to leave soon. Oh, I was just going to say we should wrap up. I've oh, kept perfect. you for over an hour. So. Perfect. Yeah. So, yeah, anything else that you wanted to say, promote, whatever? No, I just think this is a up? dope little podcast you're doing. It's been really nice like getting to know you properly and and when this is uh when this is over we should hang. Yeah, I know I, I asked you all the questions this time, but we'll definitely hang out and and you can ask me the questions. Yeah, or we'll do this again. <laughs> we'll do this again if you Yeah, dude, I'm around. Cool, man. Well, thanks Thank a lot. I appreciate it. Absolutely. We'll talk soon, all right? Sounds good. Be safe. Right, dude. See ya. Rub my shoulders with the kings. I was draped in golden velvet Bathing in applause While I was jumping through the rings And then the cook 
Chad Nicefield. And this is Justin Press. We're the host of Making Waves, the Shiprock Podcast, a part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. We're inviting you to sail away with us on an epic journey in musical enlightenment. Every week, we bring you only the best artists in rock music and discuss everything from the cruise to the stage to the saga of being a professional recording artist. We'll have lots of special guests along the way, so tune in every week. Your stateroom is available every Monday morning, so welcome aboard. <laughs> 